Hello. Hey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Theater, theater Thoughts. Thoughts. I'm Ty Etherton. And I'm Kira Sweeney. And we're two former theater kids now turned forever theater adults. Whether we like it or not. Listen, it's not terminal. But it is a condition we live with every single day, which... <laughs> bring this up yesterday i was thinking about that phrase and i literally was like is this ableist like are we are we making a joke that's not okay to make so like oh, because if, it's not terminal if if anyone gets offended or is offended by this please let us know we will stop like i i just don't know do you but know it what also I mean? is terminal i'm gonna die a theater kid so like <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that to the i grave. always been a theater kid on my tombstone they're gonna say here lies some little theater kid <laughs> Hey, we're talking about all things theater education and the performing arts, so we might as well get into some theater, theater thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, I had a random thought right there. So I'm I sorry for the sidebar. I just no. wanted to, like, I want to know, is, is it okay that we say that? I just want everyone to know, Here, here's what I will say. One thing about me is I'm the baddest alive. <laughs> <laughs> you sorry, want guys, that F-R-E-A-K. Okay, speaking of super freaky girl. By Nick, 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 Nick Minaj. <laughs> we were dancing today just yeah. upstairs for a solid half hour. Why not? Is that what being 25 is? <laughs> like, you're just with your friends upstairs, like, da, 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 ba, yeah, ba, you're ba, like, ba, ba. let's put on some music and let's pop our. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, about what about it? I would do it. I, we and we had a great time. It was like a nice, like, de stress. Like, we, I, I was using zero brain cells in that moment. I just was like wailing my body around. <laughs> I mean, maybe I was using like two or three because I was like trying to like just like I vibe love to the, the music. Wailing my body around. <laughs> I was just like I'm in flailing, wailing and flailing my body around. I'll be wailing and flailing. And and you would do it too. Um, hello, Thessians. Hey. <laughs> we're so glad you're listening. Yes. You little little Thessies. Yeah, we're getting into like primetime thespian season shows are going up shows are going up and in the next couple of months you know we'll have like other big you know winter events thescon and like other like big shows and it's showtime it'll be great it'll be awesome it's showtime in the city yeah you're three weeks out two weeks from this friday or today two weeks from today and i am three i'm three work yeah um, we could talk about that all day, but yeah. we're not talking about that. We're actually going to talk about something really cool today. Um, and that is the idea of conceptualizing, uh, at adapting and the adaptations of shows and, and the revival process. We were really struggling with what to talk about this episode. So why don't you talk and about the backstory of how we got to this I was, episode? Yes. Yeah. So yesterday we just started having a random conversation and through that conversation created the idea for this episode so that we could have the same type of conversation through the platform. Yes. Um, and so I was thinking about um, how my most recent serotonin boost has been watching all of the kids react to the new Little Mermaid uh, teaser, teaser trailer. Yes. And I will come right out and say it. When they first announced that they were doing it, I was at first really super excited. Like Absolutely. the little mermaid is sacred to me. I love that movie. I love that musical and I will always love it. But then the second thing that happened after my first initial excitement was like, Oh my God, wait, I have seen several of the live action. They announced it in like 2019. Like the anticipation right. has been building. Um, But I, 
remember then taking a step back and being like, I've seen a bunch of the recent remakes they've been doing, and I yes. haven't been in love with any of them. Right. And so I was really apprehensive. And I watched the teaser trailer, and I was like, that was great. But it wasn't until I watched other people watching it, like all the young black children, and they're, yes. they're like just... I have no words for, for what I feel when I watch those. Um, and I was like, okay, like my opinions, my whatever about how much I love the little mermaid and I love this story aside, it's, it's not about that. It is not at all about that. It is about, it's about these kids and how they are now getting to see themselves through this, iconic character what i said and and what i love not what i love saying but when when there is a new movie or a new show or new something Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like feelings about it a lot of positive but also with this little mermaid teaser there's been a lot of negative critique about how ariel looks yes her hair and and whatnot and i said to you yesterday and i and it's not negative but i said and this is the exact reason guess what it's not for us no. It's not for us. No. It it is for us to enjoy. Yes. But we can't complain about it because it's not for us. No, it's not. And like it, I think that's, you know, where I I took a step back and was like, why why was I like so scared to like about this remake? It had nothing to do with Haley. I no. remember being like, this is so exciting she's and a also just singer. me being so scared for them to redo something because I haven't been super thrilled with it in the past. But I think it, that is exactly why they are doing, especially with this movie and what they are choosing to do it with this story is it is not, you have to put the original, you have to put the musical, you have to put everything aside and you just have to say they are making this story new. It is not going to be the original and I don't want it to be. And the fact that it's live action. I mean, think about it, technology and animation. I mean, oh, animation today 80s, is phenomenal. Never. But, right. They could have never. But how cool is it that we're able to see this story that we know yes. in a new light, which is exactly what like we're talking about yeah. in this uh, show or in this episode, um, because whether we like it or not, Broadway is not very original no. right now. No. And what I mean by that is conceptually and story-wise, there's not a lot of mm-hmm. er, story-wise. There's not a lot of originality. Yes, conceptually, that's where we're seeing a lot of success yeah. with a lot of shows. Well, and I think it'd be really interesting. Um, it hasn't happened with any of their remakes yet, um, but Aladdin was already on Broadway when they released the live-action Aladdin, and yes. little and Lion King has still been on Broadway, right? Um, and those were two of the most recent remakes. But I wonder if this will inspire a revival with similar casting. Like, if they will take this idea. Because I loved the Little Mermaid musical. Right. I thought it was fantastic. But uh, apparently, critically, it was a flop. Yes. Compared to some of the other other Disney Disney shows. Um, And I was always, like, so surprised by that. So I wonder if this will maybe inspire them to bring that back or do a tour or things. I remember seeing a few years ago, um, I want to say it was in maybe Australia or something, they had an Asian 
Ariel, and I thought that was really cool. And I've seen, uh, we've seen other iconic roles traditionally played by white women um, exploring the idea of having a woman in color put into that role. Shout out UNC alum. Um, We had um, the role of Anna on Broadway. Aisha Aisha Jackson. Yeah. And, And every time... Uh, we were also talking about how frustrating it was to, you know, read the comments and uh, like I got so much joy from watching those children Fully. and like the it's it's just so magical to see them like being like so shocked and so elated that they're being represented in a in a space that they didn't think they would get to be. Represented well, and that's their childhood in. movie. So what yeah. I want to talk about is Disney's reboot era where we're seeing all of these new reboots and whether we like them or not, I think it's because we're comparing it to the original, yeah. but again, and, and y'all can come for me, Disney adults right now, <laughs> y'all can come, but like Disney primarily is catering to a young child in all of their things. Yeah. So all of these reboots to them, to these young children are not reboots. That is their young Disney movie. Yes. And how and so cool this is it is that their you, can, you yes. can connect with these young girls about your love for the story of The Little Mermaid, yes. but it's told through different lenses in which they connect to it differently and you connect to it differently, yet you're both connecting to this story altogether. Well, and since I've seen the teaser trailer now so many times because I've been so obsessed with watching people react to it um seeing her saying part of your world just totally transforms the entire meaning of that song and i feel like when i see the full version i am going to be super emotional because it's it's already this like really beautiful and really really empowering song but seeing it performed by a young black woman i just was hit with this like wave of of being like oh my gosh how many how many times have have i felt you know have i related to this song and felt the lyrics but like someone who in is in a community that has traditionally been oppressed how much more powerful is the song part of your world yeah well and we see that all the time i think another example that i love is is it was not long ago which it's a shame that since Wicked has been on Broadway since 2003, it has only been in the past two and a half, three years that we've seen a black Elphaba mm-hmm. on stage leading. Um, the character of Elphaba, we are about to see another one, Miss <laughs> Cynthia Rebo in the live action. Um, but it's the idea of how much can that person connect for the character of Elphaba, who is constantly outsided for the color of her skin isolated and Mm -hmm. yeah it's green but also it's a full commentary on current society so when we see these readaptations when we see these new castings these reboots we're seeing them through a different lens and if we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to Mm -hmm. see what it's like for that lens we're not understanding the different facets of this story exactly which is why i was so mad at myself for being like well i don't know if i'm gonna watch the new little mermaid because i love the original right i that was so stupid of me that was so stupid of me because it's not about that. But it, it it is it is about seeing the story through new eyes yes. and, and seeing it told in a new way. But your reaction was a gut reaction of the idea that, like, let's call a spade a spade, the new Lion King reboot was the purpose of it was the visual CGI mm-hmm. of those real animals. And as cool as it is, it didn't 
help cater to tell the story. Yeah. This is different because it truly helps cater to the story yeah. of Ariel and the struggle she has feeling connected to whatever world she wants to be connected mm-hmm. to. She doesn't feel Ariel's story is she doesn't feel like she has a place, you know, down with her sisters and down in the sea. Um and so she wants to she find wants more out of life. Yeah, yeah. She wants more out of life. And so it's very cool how these concepts can move into these completely different yeah. directions. Yeah. And and people are not af- afraid to to make something old and new again. And that is what we're going to get into after this break is talking about specifically on Broadway. What are we seeing in the resurgence of the revival period and the resurgence of concepts coming to Broadway being tweaked, but they're concepts that we already know and love. So let's get into it after this break. Pecarella. Hey, we are back today talking about conceptualization, adaptation, and the revival um, in American theater, but also just in our life right now. We're seeing a lot more conceptualization of stories that have been told in the past and Mm -hmm. bringing them to light in a new and unique, different way um, and what that looks like. And obviously, originality is awesome. Yes. But we're, we're seeing a flux is that the right word flux an influx an influx i think i think it's influx an (laughs) influx of past stories put on in different ways yeah and so let's break down some of that i think it would be remiss and i'm not starting from the beginning but i think it would be remiss and i loved the way you worded this the other day is you said we are a part of the Sondheim Renaissance. Yes. And explain a little bit about what you meant when you said that, because I agree with you. I was I was just thinking about how throughout my short 25 years of life, the amount of times I have seen a Sondheim revival or a Sondheim show just in general right. being put on in my community, in the larger theater community, and especially in the wake of his death, I feel like it's been nothing b- but Sondheim. Yes. And while his body of work is incredible, I'm always just like, we're doing Sondheim again? Right. But we're doing Sondheim again, I mean, baby. It's, like- <laughs> it's the idea of if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. And yeah. Sondheim is... You know, I truly believe he. You I, could, one you of could, the greatest right. theater artists. I was about to say you could call him like the grandfather of the modern American musical. Well, is is you hear Rodgers and Hammerstein, and then in the eighties, or in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, you have Stephen Sondheim. Yes, and so right now on Broadway, we're seeing Into the Woods. Um, Into the Woods. I think the reason it is on Broadway right now is one hundred percent because of Sondheim's passing. And 100% because the way they're doing it of just the round robin of celebrities taking roles is exactly why it's successful on Broadway. You want to see those celebrities on stage doing one of Stephen Sondheim's greatest Most iconic work. work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you have really cool ideas of 
Stephen Sondheim has written, and we'll talk about conceptualization throughout some of you know these musicals that we drop. Um, but I think and they just like, announced another one, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. And so what I was <laughs> what I was just about to say was I think you see some really cool stuff with Sweeney Todd. I think something that a lot of the modern Sweeney Todds have taken on is this idea of steampunk, this industrial revolution, and like gritty, smoky, yeah. like factory industrial feel for yeah. it. And the original Sweeney Todd was not that. It was very um london in what the 1940s well, we've, seen a, we've seen a lot of different versions of sweeney todd even yeah. just in it's it's you know the the original with uh angela lansbury yes. right i think was very much more yeah like you were saying truer to the london vibe around yes. that time but also i think a little bit more quirky yes very right? it was less I think less dark I and think more Tim just like Burton, the st- I was gonna say, yeah. then we got the Tim Burton version, yes. which was very much I don't know how to describe it other than Tim Burton. It's very yeah. It was it was just his dark, style, his aesthetic, dark uh, and, and and weird, twisted. Yes. But not like kooky. not like scary, but kooky. like eccentric. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. a little bit quirky, kooky, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then I have no idea what to expect from this Josh Groban revival. I can only think knowing that the Hamilton creative team is behind it, minus on Manuel Miranda, um, that they're going to go some more Hamilton-esque route where maybe they have like semblance of the time period, but with modern elements, or cool. maybe they could totally surprise us and do something else. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very intrigued to see what they do with that. Let's keep on this Sondheim train when we yes. talk about reconceptualization. And it started in London and now it's moved to yes. Broadway. And that is the gender bent version of company. company. Yeah. It, it, and, and I just got goosebumps talking about it, uh, talking about it because company is such a fantastic show. It's an idea of something that we haven't hit yet of hitting a certain age and what life kind of feels like. Um, and it's, it's told through Bobby who is, who was originally written as a man and what that hitting, I think it's 30, but it might be 35. I forget what age he's turning. Yes, um, I think it's 35. And it's about his life and surrounding and how he feels about this, his his interest in, in love and work and family and all of these different things. But oh my goodness, when it's run by a female director um, and you gender bend it to talk about, well, what is the perspective of a 35-year-old woman who is single, who is career you know, run? What does that look like for the problems and fears and and feelings she is facing at that age? And to gender bend other characters mm-hmm. is iconic. To give them new, uh, their new characters new meaning. It's the same thing. Like, and also, being alive, I don't think gets enough no. hype. That song totally. is so good. I remember watching A Marriage Story, and when Adam yes. Driver sings that at the end of the movie, yes. I was bawling. I was beside myself. I mean, you already Just feel like because, crap because of the story. Yes, but, like, yes. but it's also the fact that they chose to use that song yeah. for that character. And like, it's also the juxtaposition of them using the other song for like Scarlett Johansson's character and all that right. stuff. It just was like so beautiful. But that now that sung was by the, a woman. That was the song that they chose. And yeah. then uh, that song is already so like beautifully tragic. Um, and, and also just so real that like anyone can relate to it. And Katrina right? Link does. And, Oh. Fantastic work with it. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of company right now is the uh I don't know the character's name, but currently Matt Doyle just won the Tony for it, where yes. it's the best friend 
traditionally played by a woman and she sings a song we're not getting married today like and so it's him singing about his ex um uh and also his current partner um and and the juxtaposition of feeling all those feelings about marriage and going through that and i was mm-hmm. like how cool to see it through a gay lens though yeah. like traditionally you know gay characters we talked about this in our high gay episode um <laughs> but like the, they don't get the depth of gay characters as like the quirky sidekick yeah. and though this character as a sidekick because of steven sondheim and the music and the characters that he created this character has a lot of depth and how cool to see it in a in a gay position absolutely um okay also sondheim, one one oh, other word two Patricia, other words patty, patty lapone. lapone that's it Patricia. thank you have a we good night <laughs> we love um okay breaking out of the sondheim renaissance let's get into some notable reconceptualizations the yeah. first one that sticks out in your mind is brandy cinderella oh absolutely <laughs> again follow following the same story of yes the little mermaid when it's, it's a person of color it's different yes and it also makes me think about when they had kiki palmer put into the revival when it was on broadway yes. after it was laura osnes yep. and then Carly Rae Jepsen was somewhere in there and then they brought in Kiki Palmer and I was just like yes this is my girl this is it yeah. like I just also Whitney Houston like that movie was just right. it was so fast. magical Whoopi, Whoopi. Yeah, you you're have, joking um, you also have like an Asian prince yeah you have um like there's just so much good stuff in this really white show speaking of white though um richard garber victor oh, yeah. garber yes he's the, victor he's garber the is king. the dad and yeah <laughs> for some reason that old man he's <laughs> great but i completely agree with you it's i just i i just remember watching that as a little girl and just being like this is the magic of the theater well like, okay so conceptualizing people of color let's break that down okay the first one i think of is the denver center of performing arts conceptualized oklahoma for an all-black yes. cast i wish i would have seen i that were production. stupid not to go see yeah it. but but I heard the it was review, reading the reviews and watching the clips of it it completely transformed a traditionally white written in the 1930s what is known as pioneering the uh, the art of musical theater and you're putting people that were not allowed to be a part of this in completely transforms the story Mm. right um and then in recent years uh as in the last year west the uh west end proper version of legally blonde yes featuring a l woods of color yes stupid not to you and i are legally blonde fanatics yes i with like easily could say any day that Legally Blonde is like one of my favorite musicals ever. Absolutely. Like it is just so good. And it was one of those things where like seeing it reborn, renew with with a through a different lens. Um also Black Emmett. Come on. Yes. Come well, on. Well, and Emmett, Black Emmett and Black L in this production were not only people of color, but they were also not the traditional skinny characters no, like were... we know in the Reese Witherspoon movie, and then, of course, the Laura Bell Bundy Broadway production yes. of Legally Blonde. We're seeing different body types and different skin colors playing these characters that transcend 
color and size because their stories are so important. Yeah, because their stories are universal. Yes. And and it's like crazy. I always I'm literally just like sometimes I cannot wrap my head around when people are like so upset over a way something was cast. And I'm like, they're a person. They're a person or they're a mermaid. You were like, or they're a fish. She's Ariel a fish. is a fish. She is She's a, fish. a mermaid. So her color so doesn't like, matter because she is a she fish. She has a tail. She's a talking fish. Yeah. So <laughs> So I why? don't know why you're pressed about this. Elle Woods is a woman. Right. She's a blonde woman. That's all it says. Literally, that's not it. a real person. She's yeah, she's Fake. a fictional character. Well, but- and even when people were like, the, a lot of people were talking about the grief of well, Hamilton's cast is not uh, actual history. I go, yeah, they're rapping. Oh, they're rapping. Can we talk <laughs> about that? My school did it, and now it's coming to Broadway. Oh yes, seventeen seventy six. Yes. Um, when I student taught at Grandview High School, shout out to anyone maybe who's listening, Work. my former students, I love them. Um, but we did, when I was student teaching there, um, we did a race bent, gender bent, just, I don't even know if you need to put a label on it. Hamilton-esque style. I don't, like I said, I don't know if you necessarily need to put a label on it. We did 1776, not traditionally done. Right. And, and now we're seeing that on Broadway. Now we're seeing that on Broadway. Granted, theirs is even more step than ours was. Because it's all female. Because it's all female. Well, it's all not male. Yes. Oh, yeah. They have a bunch of non-binary yeah. uh, people in it as well, which is also amazing. And it's like, yes, this story is about the founding fathers, but this is a story of America. Right. This is let's about make let's it look literally like, America. Yeah. Let's make it look like America. Yeah. And I can tell you from personal experience that show told that way is so powerful. Yeah. It it is life changing. And it is, it is, yeah, it, it it's it's hard, but it's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, other notable uh revivals that um uh have a concept that uh really speak to um the soul. I thought was uh, Deaf West production uh, or of Spring Awakening. Yes. Where it was the story of Spring Awakening, which we've talked a little bit about here, where these kids are trying to figure out who they are. Yes. You add the added pressure of the uh, disability, not being able to properly uh, communicate. Um, and that story told, you know, where they're signing all of the music and signing all of the lines is just, you know, it is fantastic. Jeff West also did um, Hunchback. Yes. And that one, similarly, yes. especially with a character who has a disability. Yes. Um, was just like, the story was already impactful enough. But when you add the extra layer, yes. like you were just saying, where um, I would say that the Jeff West... Um, Spring Awakening was kind of about, you know, figuring out who you are and and not being able to to articulate that or not being able to to say certain things because right you were in 1800s Germany and you weren't supposed to talk about specific things or right. do specific things and then you've got that added, you know, barrier of communication and so when we're already not saying what we're wanting to say or we're already not doing this, it's a completely like metaphorical telling and same with when they did hunchback it was like again very meta where you have these characters who are already um struggling with with some kind of disability and you add that you know uh signing and and 
oh my gosh, how magical is that when he finally finds the community uh, of gypsies and they're all like uh, him and they're all communicating through through sign. Well, and they because did that's it, the yes. language of of the that community of and those Depp people. West went even because Spring Awakening, every character signed. Yes, it was completely signing. What the Hunchback did was it had only um, Quasimodo uh, sign. Yes, and everyone else. Did I think not. all the gargoyles did as right. well. Yes, and, only and the people some like, of those, like in isolated his, characters. in his imagination. Almost. Yes, but but the main characters did. The other characters did not. So when he finds that group that is like him, and they all are signing. Yes, what another huge, great story, right? Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. One other concept I want to talk about this section, and then we'll talk about like why and what this makes us feel is. Um, and I mentioned it a little bit with Into the Woods is revivals that are just revivals to put someone in a role, right? I think we're talking current events right now because one of the biggest ones um, is Hugh Jackman in The Music Man. The yes. Music Man revived on Broadway for Hugh Jackman to be yes. Harold Hill. Yes. That is 100% it. And that's okay because Music Man is also a great show. It's a show that a lot of people past our age do not know mm -hmm. and understand, but a lot of older generations know it as like one of the great musical, you know, musicals. Golden and, age right, musicals. Golden yeah. age musical. And our generation and the generation below us don't really understand it or have heard it. And so what a cool concept to have Hugh Jackman, someone who everybody knows. He was in The Greatest Showman. All the kids know him for that. Um, to be in a musical like that and that sparks interest in that mm -hmm. right yeah. and then you have funny girl gate where <laughs> oh my god we would be remiss if we did not talk about right, funny girl. where it was originally put on because of beanie mm -hmm. they said we're gonna put we're gonna revive funny girl yes and we're gonna put beanie feldstein in because yeah. that is how we're going to make our money yeah and then she apparently through critics because we have not seen it and there's been a lot of talk about it she did not serve in the way they wanted her to serve Yes. in that role. One, because they picked a actor to do a singing role and they compared her to Barbara Streisand. Um, but yeah, the way that they're going to make their money now was the drama of Leah Michelle, and they gave Leah Michelle her shot. They fully put the glee plot to life. Yeah. And, and now Leah has COVID. And now Leah so has COVID. Her parade got officially rained on. And she's auditioning for a show in <laughs> LA. Just Stop trying to make the plot of Glee real life. It already happened. That's true. Hey, when we come back, we're <laughs> going to talk um, a little bit about originality and creativity on Broadway um, in a broader scale, not just re um, or revivals and reconceptualizations and adaptations. Um, and then why are these stories still so compelling and why are we just okay with <laughs> Broadway not being right? Broadway again. not being creative. <laughs> so we'll talk about it when we come back. I love Miss Jen Jen Coolidge. That's my Paulette. Hey. Hi. I can't do her voice. It's not good. All I can, all I think of, of Jen, 
my first introduction to her was not Paulette. A Cinderella story. It was a Cinderella story. You're not very pretty <laughs> and you're not very bright. Iconic line. Ooh, makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> hey, we are back. And this is a Jennifer Coolidge podcast now. <laughs> Could you imagine? Someone would. I would. Someone put her on Broadway. People will flock. <gasps> Revival. Egot. 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 I'm hearing Egot. Egot. Uh, revivals. We're talking about revivals, adaptations, and conceptualizations on Broadway. Um, and we're talking about Broadway's originality. Which is or lack non-existent. Right. <laughs> um, and, and talking about what we're seeing in, in the Broadway realm right now. Um, and so you have category A. You have musicals that were on Broadway that are being revived again in a different light. We talked all about that the last segment. Yeah. Music Boom. Man. Uh, Into the Woods. Funny Girl. Funny Girl. And I'm sure there's another one. Yeah. Somewhere. Okay. Then you get into the next realm that you have seen. And I, I only see it when I'm looking at the Tony Awards. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, none of these are creative. And it's not the fact that they're not creative, but it's the fact that the stories are not original and are not original yes, creativity. We have okay? seen them before. I think about the year that <laughs> Moulin Rouge. <laughs> No, it no. was the year Dear Evan Hansen maybe yes. won. And it was Dear Evan Hansen, which was original. Yes. Uh, but it was with Spongebob, which yep. is a adaptation of a TV show. Yep. Mean Girls, adaptation of a movie. Moulin Rouge, adaptation of a movie. Moulin Rouge was technically another year, but... Yeah, yeah it was during the COVID year. It was the year after. But also, currently on Broadway, uh, you have Beetlejuice, adaptation right. of a movie. You have uh, Aladdin, adaptation of a movie. Lion King, adaptation of a movie. Wicked, adaptation of a book. Yep. Um, I don't know. Is is Phantom still on Broadway? Yeah. Oh. But Phantom's original. Phantom's right? original. So Where should we stand. Not Phantom. Uh, six is original. Yes. Okay. We see her. Um, but. Does it count when it's based on like already exist? Like Hamilton's the same. Where like six and Hamilton are based on like historical figures. Okay, Does well that then, count? It's original. I think it's original because then you're just taking you're conceptualizing an idea. Concepts, right? Funny Girl revival, Moulin Rouge based on a movie. MJ, could you say is based on? But the music is based on a person. Yes. So Chicago is original. Yes. The Music Man revival, Aladdin. Is Aladdin six? Is six okay? Did I already say Hamilton? Yeah. Book of Mormon original. <laughs> I'm good. Based on the book. <laughs> based on Just the. Just kidding. Based on the religion. Just kidding. <laughs> Come from away is original, but it's based on an event. So you can't say like like originality comes from the story, beginning, middle, and end is yes. original i feel like using the word ori- i feel like we're wrong in using the word original it's it's fully like is it an adaptation of something yes. right like while yes the the ones that you just read off were based on most everything rooted in some already pre-existing idea or event or person most of them are based on like a movie or a book. And I think that's different than like getting your idea from an event or a person's life. No? T, I agree. Okay. I agree with you. And okay, breaking this down, 
there is nothing wrong with doing that. No, people are going to go to see it because we they know it. We just talked about how great SpongeBob was because the music was great. Mean Girls, you really fixate on the music. And there in what I'm talking about, and as I'm talking about it, I'm segueing because I made my point, is when you do something that is not, that is an adaptation the story has already been written and people know the story yes. when you're going to see that. What you are doing is putting a precedent on another element of the musical. Yes. So for SpongeBob and for Mean Girls. So actually, I need to split the two up. For Mean Girls, 100% the music is the star. Yes. The story. We already know the story. You already know the story. The characters are the same. Yeah. The characters are the same. Regina is a biatch and Katie is irrelevant. I mean, she's kind of the She's kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah, T. But uh, World Burn and uh, oh, yeah. It Roars and... I love Stupid with Love. Stupid with Love. Yeah, yeah. And what's the one that everyone loves that uh, Janice sings? Sexy! I'd rather be oh. me. Oh, uh, Kate Rockwell, who plays um, Karen... Sexy? Singing sexy. Ah, uh, the music slaps in Mean Girls. It's so good. Yeah. That was what is powerful. Yeah. In SpongeBob, it's the same thing. The music is great. Okay. And that SpongeBob also brings another element of how do you create a, a whimsical, fantastical world like SpongeBob on stage and the technical elements are top tier. One show that is an adaptation that I will always hype. I will always hype the shit out of this show. Shrek the Musical. Oh, <laughs> I'm watching it right now with my are. kids. Yes, the show is so good. You already know the story. I know the story. You already know the what music. Happens. The music slaps. The technical elements. I, I was sitting with a kid who is pretty skeptical about theater, and he's in my stagecraft class. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. And him and I were sitting. And he was like, I don't really like this. And I was like, okay, let's sit and have a conversation. We were sitting in the back, and I was like, tell me why. He was like, that doesn't look like like he was like, I'd rather watch a movie about this than see theater. I'm like, yeah, but it's live. It's happening right now. And they're like, yeah, but he doesn't look like a donkey. I was like, yeah, but also he does. And I talked about suspension of belief, and I was all like, yeah. No shit, he's not a donkey. He's a human being playing a donkey. But how cool that we see his costume, we see his makeup, and we see his mannerisms, and we're like, yeah, yeah it's donkey S. Awesome. He's a donkey for the next two hours. Yep. Yeah. Farquaad is on his knees the whole time. Yeah. Because he's a short man. Yeah. Short King's Short King Spring. Short King Spring is coming past, baby. <laughs> it is called Prince Fall. So give me that Shrek. <laughs> Shrek, it's your moment. Human Shrek? Human Shrek is fine. <laughs> Human Shrek is not featured in the Broadway version, but but again, the technical aspects yeah. and the music, which is a technical aspect, yes. slap in these adaptations. And so same with it's it's the reason why Legally Blonde is the blueprint. One the music. The music. They Which, through the music was able to take the story that we already knew and loved and make it a million times better because the characters' arcs and stories through the pure storytelling of the music is exceptional. Which the it same writers the of bar. Legally Blonde ad adapted Heather's. Another, I was just about to say yeah, Heather's. Another adaptation. Adapted Heather's and the music also slaps. Yeah. I, I mean, those don't necessarily falter technical wise but the music is what what brings yeah, it i mean it's it's the whole idea of like the reason why i think we're so freaking obsessed with a lot of the shows 
I mean, I'm I'm not saying I don't love the movie to musical pipeline. Right. Because I There's love been it. some flops. There have been some flops, but also there have been a lot of really successful ways that they have done it. And a lot of them, I like the musical better than I like the movie. Newsies? Yo! Absolutely. Yes. And <laughs> I'm getting off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I will end there. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Right. Right? Um, I think the question is, or, or the, the, the question I'm answering is the adaptation, the conceptualization, what it does is it puts the story in the background and allows other people to flourish. The story is told through the actors, and the actors are super important. When we see conceptualizations and adaptations featuring uh, a marginalized group of people, people of color, disabled, um, or gender bending, gender telling bent, it through right, another right, l- gender, lens. right, we're giving those actors, those people, the opportunity to tell the story. I also think it is really freaking cool when we take adaptations or conceptualizations of stories and we put the forefront on the technical elements. One of the greatest examples that I always bring up to you all the time because it's stupid, but it was also genius. It was, is yeah, our it was iconic. Did a conceptualization of Jesus Christ Superstar and set it in the Matrix. Yep. It was batshit crazy. It was wild. But what was really cool is that the set um, uh, focused on a really bare bones, minimalistic set, like the Matrix is the Matrix is supposed to be, and focused a lot on on um, projections to always talk about. Uh, the fact that like we're watching something happen and it's not really real. Right. And that can bring, you know, the concept of, um, you know, Jesus has struggled during that time. And you get into all this theological stuff about the idea of there were so many people that was accusing um, him of some things that may not be true. That may be true. Judas's character gets a lot of talk during Jesus Christ superstar as well. And so like it allows the, technical people the opportunity to tell a unique perspective of the story Mm -hmm. and i think that is really cool Mm -hmm. i think it is super cool seeing that up on stage yeah and there are plenty of times where i'm like why not conceptualize it right why not do something different if it's a flop it's a flop. At least you did it and you tried. Like, I'm not saying every show should be conceptualized, but I'm saying sometimes, why not? Literally, why not? Why not set Jesus Christ Superstar in the Matrix? We've seen it done the, traditionally a million times before. Right. Why not try it a new way? Well, you and I suck because when we talk about conceptualization, nine out of ten times we say, yeah, we'll do this show, disco. Or we'll do this show, steampunk yeah for real. like i think the one that i was like this would be sick as hell um steampunk lame is ah it would be iconic it would be it would be so good um they i mean shout out the man himself mr david graves he, <laughs> he loved it king he, of the king of the concept he did like four while i was We're there and I, the wasn't even, Un- I wasn't even there for that long no like they did major barbara steampunk they did Jesus Christ Superstar Matrix. I'm pretty sure there were a couple of others pre-me. Um, but Also, real quick before we wrap up, the ultimate recon- reconceptualization 
story Shakespearean stuff. Oh, conceptualize yes. the hell out of Shakespeare. Yes, do it. Do it. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh they did it at UNC. Um, love shoot. Labor's Lost. Yes, the college. The love college. Labor's Lost. Yeah, it, it was, was so cute. I loved it. Right. I love one of my favorite productions ever seen was at the Colorado Shakespeare Festival, an all female version of Macbeth. Yeah. It was iconic. Yes, my mom said that she saw one where it was like 1950s something Play. when it was it was at Colorado Shakes too. They um, I I like why not try telling a story a new way? Right. Like um, and we did we literally did an assignment on this in my freshman English class. We were reading um, Romeo and Juliet, which in Juliet another version. Oh, and Juliet, but like, yes. That's gonna be really cool, and that's I guess it's like Victorian or of, like or Elizabethan. Elizabethan kind of conceptually, like, it's like Carouselli. It's like uh, Carnival. Well, yes. and also we're taking oh, the story of music. of Romeo and Juliet and telling it through modern pop music. Like, 90s pop music. Again, is that a is that a conceptualization or is that like a fully adaptation? Again, that one's a little bit murky. But anyways, I was talking about Roman. Sorry, sidebar. I just wanted to talk about that show because it's iconic. It's fun. Um, no, when I was in ninth grade English, we were reading Romeo and Juliet, and for an assignment, we had to tell one of the scenes from Romeo and Juliet in a different style. Work. And we did the Jersey Shore party scene, and it was iconic. Oh, if you have not seen the whack. Leonardo DiCaprio set in 1990s Miami. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet, it's the same thing. Again, Shakespeare, you could literally try anything on Shakespeare. You could try anything on some of those old Greek theater pieces. Holy. Like there's a lot of Lysistrata Jones. Yeah, great right? musical. Like there's a okay, lot of. Um, <laughs> okay. I re- revised that. Okay, musical. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but like there's, I don't know. Sometimes you probably shouldn't conceptualize something, but also there, I think there's that argument of like, why not? Why not try something new? So, I mean, is that, let's break down your final thoughts on, on yeah. this topic. I think that though originality is awesome and should not be lost in the theater world, we should constantly be searching for new stories to be told. Absolutely. However, <laughs> as a writer, I think it's your job to create a story that is so deep that when put in a different light, when shown in a different way, adds whole nother deeper elements. And so mm-hmm. people like Stephen Sondheim, people like William Shakespeare, okay? Mm-hmm. These are people that have created pieces of work that when put in a different light, completely tell a different story that keeps it fresh and modern, modern yeah. and iconic. Is this the end of the movie to musical pi- uh, pipeline? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's going to keep going for years on end, and I will keep throwing my money their way. Um, I I already know that about myself. (laughs) So here's the deal. When are we getting a musical of a very goofy movie? Ooh, that will be so (laughs) (laughs) When are we going to see What's-His-Name sing Eye to Eye? Oh my gosh, I am usually so good at this. What is that character's um, name? Oh my god. Ah, uh, no, I literally it's know like his Ro- name. Rock, no, um, Rock. no, why are you why are you putting me on the spot to embarrass me like this? I know his name. Something line. Um a, uh, what is his name? It's start Powerline. Powerline. It's Powerline. I was not about to embarrass myself like that. You're right, guys. you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Thank Iconic. You. Um, hey, if you, uh, want to talk about a concept or a adaptation or a revival that you saw that was amazing, please DM us on our, uh, podcast Instagram, 
at theater podcast t-h-e-a-t-r-e the thing not the place podcast okay and also write us a review telling us about what you loved about this episode okay you can write a review wherever good podcasts are found and where your listening ears are following hey we are so happy um that you guys have been listening to us um and just having this really fun time talking about musicals talking about theater repeater i mean history we hear the phrase history repeats itself theater repeats itself too and we we constantly see it you know the i i said it already if it ain't broke don't, broke, fix, don't it. fix it yeah and, and i think we're seeing that but it also if it's slightly broken fix it and make it better slap a band-aid on it slap uh put some uh freaking uh electrical f- freaking tase it or something to give it new life or i don't know uh give it the cpr the cpr uh what are those called the paddles AE, uh shoot um the shocker thing yeah i know what you're talking about no my final thought get that dang legally blonde revival to uh, broadway the west end revival to broadway here's the deal <laughs> if you can do that then you can sit back listen to more episodes of us <laughs> and then in 2 weeks you can <laughs> tune in for another conceptualization adaptation <laughs> and, revival. and revival of theater thoughts. thoughts hey get out of here we'll see you next time goodbye Bye. Bye.